Have you heard? The hobby is dying, and there's apparently only one man who can save it. At least that's what some people are saying. We've got this topic and more now on Cards on the Table. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Cards on the Table, our fast-paced talk show where we discuss a wide range of topics from the world of sports cards. My name is Tyler Nethercott, better known as Teapot, and I am joined again by two familiar faces. Doug, welcome back, sir. Hey, thanks. Ben, welcome back. Oh, just in. Oh, Juked you out. I hate this place. We have a couple of amazing topics today. We're going to talk about the junk slab era, about how one-of-ones are just done. But first, we're going to talk about how only one man, this seven foot five unicorn known as Victor Weminyama Wemby apparently needs to save the hobby. I'm going to start with you, Doug. Does the hobby need saving? And if so, is Wemby the guy to do it? Um, saving, that might be a stretch, but it needs repairing maybe. And uh, Wemby's not going to do it single-handedly. But what we cannot have, we cannot have another set of draft classes like we've had in 2022 basketball and 2022 football. Um, really bad quarterbacks in football, really bad rookies in basketball for the most part. We, what we need is this combination of the hype from 2019 basketball. I know that class has fallen off, yeah. but if you go back to the hype around it, we need that hype to come back. And then what we need is like 2020 football in, in terms of production. The quarterbacks from that class yeah. who are, who are uh, doing it fantastic right now. So we need that. And, but it's not going to be just Wimbenyama alone. We need Scoot. We need the uh, Thompson twins. We need Brandon Miller. We need several guys to reach their potential from that class. But we need a lot of hype around that. And then we need guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and, well, really those two guys to <laughs> step up two. in football because <laughs> Anthony Richardson what can about barely, your guy? Anthony Richardson <laughs> can barely throw a football. We'll not talk about Will Levis today. But um, we, we just need a resurgence in popular rookie classes because it's been downhill since 2020 football. Uh, and I think that's had an impact on the market overall. So if we, we need that excitement. We need that hype. So he's a good start to that for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're talking about the ultra-modern current sports yeah. car yes, environment. Yeah. Nothing's going to get rid of our beloved 90s, vintage, these other eras, 2000s, which most people sleep on. But right now, it has been a little bit of tough sled in the last year or so with products. Ben, what do you think about this? So I agree with Doug. I think there needs to be a little bit of course correction in terms of the quality of the classes. But whether or not... Wemby's going to be the guy to turn this around. I'm pumping the brakes really hard here. I know that I, I will objectively say that there are a few franchises that I'd rather a top pick like him go to. When it comes to San Antonio across all the major sports, yeah. there are a few franchises where you can point to and say, okay, this is going to be a great situation yeah. for this guy. So that's nice. But at the end of the day, I think people are hoping that we see another Zion situation. It's not happening. Yeah. It's just not happening. We had a whole bunch of weird scenarios that obviously the COVID-19 pandemic, a whole bunch of things to run up to create that sort of perfect storm. It's not happening yeah. again. And the thing that I, I want people to think about too when it comes to Wimby is we're seeing the first of what I think is gonna be a change in landscape with the first collectible and like investable cards with players. When it came to Zion, people mostly punted on the draft picks products. Yeah. I think that's a lot different with Bowman University when you know what we we saw the hype around his first autos the the run up to his first NBA jersey cards yeah. is going to be so much longer than we normally see yeah. 
with some of these top prospects that I do wonder if that hype is just going to be too long and by time we're actually getting like NBA hoops and then his first select and prism and optic cards, people might be a little burnt out. Yeah. Well, the problem there is we're going to see him play before his cards come out in all likelihood. So he's going to have to perform. He can't start slow. Yeah. It's interesting. I saw the picture of him with Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Mano Ginobili and I think Tony Parker, this whole like lineup of these guys. The thing that stood out to me is he looked like he was a foot taller than David Robinson and Tim Duncan. It was like, are you sure he's only 7'5 and not like 8'2? Like he, he looked absolutely enormous. Now, the question I have is, does that much more height difference? Sure, it's going to help with blocks. We know he was blocking an absurd at an absurd rate uh, playing over in France. But like when it comes to scoring, if you're just taller than everybody else, you can get your shot off. KD can get his shot off, and nobody can block him. Porzingis, who just got traded and was our number one on in the top five this week, was like the original unicorn, right? Yep. Everybody's like, look at what this guy can do. Obviously, Wemby's kind of in a different class. But quickly, I want to know one guy other than Wemby from this class. Who are you excited about, Ben? I think Amon Thompson, he's going to go to a, a terrible Rockets team. Yeah. I, I think that whole roster is a complete yeah. mess, but he's going to be able to hopefully come in there and give them a little bit of stability. Um, you know, I, again, no idea what's going to happen with like Jalen Green and yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. and yeah. Jabari Smith. Plus all the cap room they've they, got. They have a ton of cap yeah. room. I'd rather see a guy that goes in there with hopefully what's going to be mostly like a blank slate and see what he goes into. And he's probably going to play a lot from day one. Yeah. Some of these other top draft picks, yeah. maybe not so much. What about you? It's got to be Scoot. Gotta I know be that's Scoot. the easy answer. Oh, come on, Doug. Scoot's a dog. He's, yeah. got, he's got the NBA body already. He's got the mentality. I love that guy. Awesome. Okay. Well, one thing that I am also looking forward to very much, there is a specific card as a Tigers fan that I've been trying to tra- track down a really nice copy of. I hunted at the National last year. And that is, of course, my guy, Al Kaline. Uh, So Pristine Auction, obviously running their weekly auctions. They have a beautifully centered 1954 Topps PSA 6 Kaline. Doug, what do you have your eye on? I've got an underrated card on my radar. It's a 2003 Topps Pristine LeBron James. Underrated, huh? It is. For Topps Pristine, that particular product in that year is underrated. Uh, It's a good-looking card. Uh, It's an BGS 9.5, and that's going to be somewhat of a bargain compared to other LeBron rookies, especially on terms of eye appeal, if you ask me. I love Topps Pristine. Ben, what about you? Uh, Kenny Pickett, 2022 National Treasures Silhouette Autos. Um, You know, really nice cards, great patch on it. Um, If there's a QB to potentially target coming up that has a little bit of value there without – being like Brock Purdy expensive, yeah. could yeah. be Kenny. Interesting. Okay, so you got to head over to pristineauction.com. Make sure to use code SCI when you register, and you'll save $10 on your first purchase. Head over there and check that out. All right, this last week, I did a data dive episode, and this was honestly some of the most shocking data that I have dug into in a long time. I got some data from our friend Ryan at Gemrate, and I'll give you just some highlights, right? 33% of all basketball cards ever graded by PSA, 33% of all eras, all players, are made up by 10 players. Starting in 2018, we've got Luca, Trey, Shea, we go into 2019 with Zion and Ja, Barrett, Kobe White, Tyler Hero, and then LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. And I I put them in there for those reasons because this is is 33% of all the basketball cards ever graded. And now Mm -hmm. we have PSA cranking out a million, 1.2 million graded slabs every month. And they've graded more than half of the cards they've ever graded in the last two and a half years. So people talk about this junk slab era. You can only display so many cards. You can only store so many cards before you run out of space or appetite to have those. 
What's going to happen to these cards, Ben, long-term, all these graded cards? Are we going to have landfills full of acrylic, full of plastic, or what do you think about this? Yeah, probably just, you know, dumpsters labeled Kobe White, and all of them are going to get <laughs> get dropped in there. Oh, but man. Yeah, I mean, so I, I suppose I have a lot of questions around this. Obviously, the volume has exploded with grading, yeah. but I'm still curious about, like, when you talk about the appetite, we've had such an influx of collectors yeah. that... It's easy to look at the number compared to what it was a few years ago and say, this is insane. Yeah. But we still aren't really sure how that relates to the number of collectors. Maybe it is you know, uh, feeding the appetite of the, the massive number we have. But um, just looking at that 33%, those, those guys, the number of base cards yeah. that are the things that are, that are getting graded is problematic. Um, you know, I think, and it's to the point, and I think we'll probably get there soon, where grading has built up almost like a negative reputation in the hobby because people are like too many cards are getting graded but there is a bunch of value to it you know it's the authentication it's the encapsulation even for those that want to do for pc you know for their pc like i want to get a lot of my pc slabbed just for the protection the encapsulation the continuity yeah Yeah, the, the presentation the continuity between that presentation and so there are still a lot of pros but people just have to figure out the right stuff to actually grade. Yeah. There's probably, we, we spend so much time grading all these base cards and there's tons of vintage out there that probably deserve to be graded. Yeah. Um, not a lot of the low grade stuff that we're seeing, that's problematic too, but you know, we're, we're gonna have to do a major course correction here. There's a lot of cards from, let's say the 2010 and earlier that are not graded yet, mm-hmm. still like very low pop, even on cards numbered to 500 and things like this. I wonder how over time, like how many of those will end up getting subbed and then sort of just dry up the reserves yeah. and we're left with what's new. What do you think about this? So I think we are in a bit of a junk slab era. I think that's fair to say. I'm, I'm sure there is some correlation to the rise in the amount of graded card population and the rise of collectors. But what you mentioned is, is the base cards. That's where the real problem is. And there's no real easy way to fix this, right? I mean, as long as grading cards is profitable, yeah. then it's going to continue. And I don't want it to not be profitable anymore. So I don't necessarily want that to change. I think the only thing that I can really point to and say that I, this could change is print runs of cards. Yeah. If you make less cards, then of course there's going to be less slabbed cards. People might continue to grade slab, or, you know, uh, base prisms, and that's you know, so be it. But if there are less numbered parallels and less case hits or you know, highly sought after inserts, then there's going to be less slapped cards yeah and that's probably the direction i would rather see it go is just lower print runs on things but you know outside of that you know i'm not sure what else you could do to really sort of limit people trying to grade cards because it's going to be a profitable enterprise yeah well, i think i mean couldn't we say that i know a lot of people want to see the price of grading go down but isn't that a possible correction there for psa and bgs and sgc and cgc to say okay but then we're just filling their pockets. They're not interested. They won't do that, yeah, but no. that, that's a, if, if grading base cards isn't yeah. profitable. They, they've scaled their that, operations to, yeah. to allow for more capacity. So, you know, I think it's just going to be really interesting. We might see ComC's vault and some of these other vaults filled with base cards, yeah. and uh, we'll have to see where it goes from there. It's an interesting topic. Go check out the video if you're interested more in that. Now, Before we jump over to our mailbag topics, one of the best ways to display your cards when you do want to do that is with stand-up displays. Check this out.
Okay, guys, visit standupdisplays.co and use promo code SCI to save 15% off your entire order. And now we're gonna shift gears into our mailbag topics. This is the topics that you submit down in the comments. Let us know, let us know your questions for next week so we can review those and discuss them then. But I'm gonna start out with you, Ben, and this, this question is one, I've actually got a video, a little teaser here coming out this Saturday about this, about one of ones, and are they overrated, are they underrated? There's obviously one of ones now in almost every set, if not every set that comes out, many of them having multiple one of ones in the base set and then in the insert sets and in other products. I've got a, two little tidbits for you that you might want to consider as part of this. Do you know how many one of ones are for sale on eBay right now? Ooh. Probably maybe 10,000, more uh, than that. I put in, in parentheses, the words one of one, the, the letters, the numbers, and backed out digital and custom minus and all these eBay. things. E eBay, minus one eBay, of one. Backed out minus eBay, and I got 250,000 active listings, 82,000 sold in the last 90 days. That's what I got on eBay. What do you think about that, Ben? Are one of ones still rare and highly sought after? They're, well, they're certainly not special. They're certainly not rare. You know, they, we, can, we can definitively say that. Um, it's tough because as you rip through a product, what opportunity are you going to have other than a one-of-one one to be so excited? Yeah. Right? That, that's the objective. Yeah. Even if people want to say there's too many one-of-ones, yeah. if you're opening up a pack of cards and you get a one-of-one, one, you're probably going to go yeah. ballistic. It's especially right? good for breakers. Right, yeah. it is. But at this point, the checklist far too watered down. I think Panini and Tops and Fanatics need to be a lot more thoughtful with mm. this. You know, just with was it select football? You've got you know black, black finite, gold vinyl, all of these things. Yeah. Be more thoughtful. Be more specific. I'd like to see even when you start to get in out of like you know for select football out of concourse and premier and field level and all that stuff. When you get to the inserts, be more thoughtful with what the the one of one yeah. for an insert is going to be. Yeah. You know. Um, but, but right now, you can't have a guy having 20, 30, whatever it is, uh, one-of-ones in a single product. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And I'd, I'd really like to see Panini really embrace like just one. You know, They have the gold vinyl as sort of an answer for the Superfractor. Yeah. But why don't you just really embrace like the, the, the true black one-of-one? One? Sure. Why can't you make that just the true chase? Why do we have to have five different things? Yeah. You know, in there, it, it's it's silly to me. It's watered it down. That's actually problematic. I have, I think, seventy three one of one Andre Drummond cards now, <laughs> and that's across all his playing years yeah, and all yeah. areas. And that was a tough chase. Seventy two more lot. than anybody else. That's a lot. Seventy two <laughs> more than anybody else. What about these players now who have seemingly almost that many in a single product? What do you what do you think? Yeah, I don't remember the number. I mean, the number's been thrown around a bunch, or at least an estimation. Yeah. But Zion Williamson, rookie year alone has just an enormous amount of one-of-ones. Yeah. I know that's not a very good stat, just to say the word enormous, but the number's just so so big, I can't even count that high. Uh, you look at a guy right now, we'll just take a current product and apply that logic. Yep. Kenny Pickett, yeah. 2022 Select Football, yep. hobby. Yep. Brand new product, right? Yep. He's gotten somewhere in the neighborhood of 38 one-of-ones just in that yeah. one product. 36, 37, 38, somewhere around there. Just in that one product. Yeah. That's unbelievable. So. As a whole, one-of-ones are overrated, but there are still one-of-ones that matter. Base superfractors or base auto superfractors, the prism blacks, like you mentioned, things yeah. of that nature. Yep. In every set, there's going to be like the definitive, that's the one-of-one one that matters. Yeah. And then there's going to be a million black snakeskin die-cut prime signature patch. Yeah. There, there's, yep. you know, 
but just, just because it's stamped one of one yeah. doesn't mean it nece necessarily yeah. has to be special. Let's not get into white box one of ones, which oh, is just geez. a sticker. No, no, yeah, yeah. This is a topic that I'm definitely unpacking more on this Saturday's Data Dive. We'll talk about this a little bit more in depth and, and about Select in particular next week. But one of ones, just be careful. They're awesome. They might not be what exactly they're being sold as. All right, next question, our final question. This is about player exclusivity with respect to autographs and brand and licensing and image and likeness and all of this stuff. Obviously, we've seen certain players like LeBron, like MJ, like Tiger Woods. These guys have exclusive agreements with Upper Deck. So because they don't have the other licenses, we don't really get their autos. We don't really get cards uh, made of somebody like Michael Jordan. So now we're seeing confusion with Fanatics and Panini, Tops, who has the rights, who's going to have the rights. Mm -hmm. We could end up in a situation, Doug, where we have you know Tops with the rights to certain autos, but then not the rights to make the yeah. cards yet. What do you think about this? Are you nervous about this, especially in light of our main topic today? I am nervous about what's going to, to come in the next couple of years with what you just said, because yeah. there might be a lot of conflicts where the licensed product doesn't have the autos. Yeah. And then we've got the unlicensed autos of some really important players, potentially. So that's that's worrisome. Uh, I think that exclusivity, my opinion personally, is that it's not great. And I can actually see both sides of this argument, and I could probably, probably be swayed either way. But, you know, as a current collector, not having access to LeBron autos and recent products and Michael Jordan cards or autos and recent products kind of sucks. Like, yeah. you know, I would love to have that chase. But if you're someone who already has a LeBron auto or a Jordan yeah. auto, yeah. you're probably very happy at the built-in rarity that, that exists now. Uh, it makes those cards more value. It makes, makes that more sought after. It makes it cooler to own in your collection. So I understand if you own one, you're probably loving that. Yeah. Um, but if you're on the other side, like myself, you probably wish you could get one of the newer, maybe cheaper ones, hypothetically. Yeah. So yeah. I, again, I see both sides of it, but I'm probably leaning on the side of, I wish there weren't exclusivity. Yeah, it's a things. good point about the, you know, the finite number of autos yeah. now in circulation. Ben, do you have any passionate thoughts about this topic? I think this is under very underrated as one of like the worst things that we could see in the hobby over the next few years. I think it's going to be absolutely terrible as we see Panini and Fanatics fight over you know, we've had the recent confusion with the top QBs from, from the most recent draft class. You know, it is outright bad for the hobby to have the exclusive autos on unlicensed cards. Yeah. And I know that Panini is in a really tough spot right now, and this might be, like, somewhat controversial, but I would much rather see Panini lean into making the licenses that they do have much more, you know, much stronger than trying to just you know, grasp for straws to get anything out of the, the major sports that are yeah. still going on in the hobby. Yeah. I think that's outright bad for the collector. It's not good. We even see it with, with some guys, what was like Damian Lillard doesn't have Prism Autos because he had a weird deal with Upper Deck or something like that. Year, you know, a decade later, that stinks. Yeah. And now we're going to have it potentially for multiple years. It's not just going to be this year. And so I'd, I'd really rather... It stinks for Panini. I know it's unfortunate. They didn't really do anything wrong for you know, having Fanatics come in and swoop all these licenses away. But empower the, the products that you are going to have yeah. the licenses for. Don't water down or deteriorate the, the good ones that Fanatics has. I know, I know you want to make money, but it stinks for the collector. It's just not good. Well, we know Bowman via Fanatics will have retrofractors to have like Tom Brady's Bowman first 20-some years later. Yeah. Maybe two years from now, they'll just go and say, we're going to make retro autos with licenses or something. Who knows? Perfect. Uh, great episode. Thanks so much, guys. I'll give you a fist bump for real this time.
not leave you hanging there. Uh, make sure to leave us your comments down below. What, what would you like us to discuss next week? Check out Pristine Auction and Stand Up Displays. And until next time, happy investing, keep on collecting, and make sure to have fun. Thank you.